Obviously. Obviously. Hey, pals. Hello, everybody. Oh, so excited to be here. Yeah, welcome back to I'm Horrified. This is episode 97. The podcast that keeps on giving. And, and, and taking, also. Yeah. <laughs> we are one of the only podcasts, I think, that take as much as we give from you. I do think we ask a lot. Yeah. We, really we ask do. a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of emotional labor you have to put in to get anything out. I have no idea what you get out. Yeah, you know? absolutely. One of my coworkers um, stopped me the other day, and she went, Sam... I listened to your podcast and I was like, oh no. <laughs> and she was like, and I had no idea what the Iowa caucus is and it's bad. And I was like, it is bad. That's she, the idea. And she was like, oh no. Oh no. And I was like, I, ignorance is bliss sometimes. Yeah. Like I wish I hadn't, I wish I didn't know what the Iowa caucus was either. We hate ourselves and each other, clearly, on some uh, yeah, terrible level. Absolutely. And 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 yet you guys keep turning in yeah. episode after episode, so thank you. No, we love ourselves, and I love you most of all. Allie! <laughs> I was just drinking a, gla- a sip of water, and I had to stop because of my feelings. Allie, I love you most of all. Do you know what I just, a question I just asked myself that I thought I just kind of, we could just parse this through on the air? Yeah. Do I love myself more or you more? I know that answer for me. <laughs> Because of my outrageously low self-esteem. <laughs> you love me more than you love yourself? Of course I do. Well, that's what I think, too. <laughs> it's like, I, I, you have a few flaws that I've noticed. Yeah. Not I, that, not that many. I would say I have between one and 12 flaws. Exactly. Like, I, like, I see you as anyone else, but of, of the people I know, <laughs> you're one of the most enjoyable people. Allison. Being in, inside my own brain. <laughs> Can be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm like that too, where like I'll just have an interaction with someone, and I'm like, they must think I'm a dumb cunt. Yeah, and exactly. Just be like, we just had a nice. Cu- what do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> but I don't experience that. Um, I wouldn't call me back sometimes. Um, and so that's the thing. As I was like, yeah, like if I had to pick a friend yeah. between Allie and Sam, <laughs> it wouldn't be Allie. <laughs> Um, Same though. So I guess it's I you. I wouldn't pick Sam well, that's either. Nice. That's beautiful that we've been able that's to come together. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Just clink our little glass cups. of water and hot tea. <laughs> Tear. Cheers. Tears. I said tears. 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 We should start using that, frankly. <laughs> We're both in therapy. It's fine. We're going right. to work on it. And and we are. This is part of that. Yeah. This is part of that. And, and what are we going to work through today, Alan? What are we going to work through? I'm talking about human Z's. No. How do I pronounce this in a way that makes sense? You'll probably have seen it written on the podcast episodes. Human Z's. Not human Z's. Human Z's. The latter. Would that be like a human chimpanzee? Yeah. I would guess it's pronounced human Z's. <laughs> well, human Z's sounds like human versions of the letter Z. Yeah. I'm saying human Z's. Like chimpanzee, human. We're gonna, we're gonna move on from that. I'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. And then, Sam, what are you gonna talk about? Uh, I'm gonna talk about the popular conspiracy theory, Paul is dead. What is it about? Which Paul is it about? Um, the minute I tell you which Paul is it, uh, it's about, I'm sure you're going to know a lot about it. Do you want to know now? And I'll give you a hint why you'll know a lot about it is because of the man you're in love with. Oh, Beatles. Yep. <laughs> Paul McCartney. Yep. The idea that Paul McCartney has died. I know, no, I've never heard that as oh, a thing. Oh, fun. Maybe in passing, but I don't know any details. All right, well, we're about to learn some details. That sounds fun. It'll be a good one, that I think. That sounds fun. I love a good conspiracy theory. But first, theory. let's learn about humanzies. You don't want to, you don't want to. I really don't. <laughs> now that, it's even, not, it's even now that I understand that it's some kind of combination of chimpanzees and humans, I'm already like, 
I'm actually good. But is it? But can it be? All right. Okay. We have to start way, way back. We got to pull it. We got to pull it all the way back. Oh, for, my God. Also, for me, my personal life, what brought us here, yeah. why we're here, why I'm doing this to you. Take us on your journey. I will. So, I feel like I've been on a Disney World-like kick recently. Mm-hmm. Not quite to that caliber, because it's like... Okay, so for those of you who don't know, sometimes I get obsessed with things over a period of days or years. I just have these, like, intense obsessions, Wikipedia crawls. I think we Absolutely. all get them. Well, this one wasn't particularly related to my untreated clinical depression like mm-hmm. Disney World was. Mm-hmm. So maybe it won't last that long. We'll see. But anyways, I don't know why. I just fell down this rabbit hole of watching Steve Irwin videos. Oh, rip. I love Steve Irwin. I've always loved Steve Irwin. Rip in peace. Rip in peace. Um, I So I've just been watching videos of him capturing crocodiles, bringing alligators on Jay Leno. His son, who's now like 18 or something... Um, goes on like Jimmy Fallon and mm-hmm. brings like baby black bears to play and it's so cute. I just love it. It, it warms my heart. And I love animals. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love animals. I've always loved animals. Even the animals I fear, which is mostly bears. I'm mostly afraid of bears. Interesting. But I love bears. I love watching bears. I love But you wouldn't want to be in the wild with a bear. I don't want to be in the wild, period, because of bears. Interesting. I didn't know that about you. I'm very scared of, like, being in the woods because I'm scared a bear will be there. I really didn't. Wow. Yes. I'm learning things about you, Allison Rayner, even. Did you not know that? Really? Uh, even after seven to eight years of friendship. Yeah. That's why I don't like camping, also because I have no work ethic, but the mostly the bears. Mostly the bears. <laughs> um... Yeah, but I, I like watching, like, the, there's a great um, Disney nature documentary on bears, baby bears. I love it. I love to watch it. Um, but no, I'm watching Animal Planet videos right now. I'm watching all the Nat Geo videos on Disney+. Plus. Oh, also, my boyfriend's mom was in town this weekend. She took us to the aquarium. That's so So fun. I got to, like, watch all the seals. It was, so, Claire's a real one. Thank you so much for taking me there. But yeah, like, I'm like a seven-year-old right now. Like, yeah. I'm just on such an animal kick. Like, when your relatives are like, and what are you doing in school? And she's like, and you're like, I just, like, really like animals right now. Like, that's my thing. Yes. Um, That's my thing right now as yes. a 25-year-old woman. So then I fell down a more specific rabbit hole, which sometimes happens, which is where I watch videos of Coco the Gorilla. Do you know who Coco is? I absolutely know who Coco the Gorilla is. is. So I will now try... It is making me emotionally... I will now try to talk about Coco the Gorilla without crying. I I can't make any promises. Okay. Coco is the sweetest girl ever to walk on this earth. (laughs) My mom was, like, obsessed with Coco in the 90s. Like I said, she's obsessed with gorillas. Um, Did I say that? No. I don't know if you said that. I didn't. I'm learning um, so much about the Rainer women. Yeah, so my mom is obsessed with Coco. She loves gorillas, which is, I don't, she's just like, I love gorillas. I, if there's a zoo with a baby gorilla, we have to go. Yeah. Doesn't matter where it is. Like, she we must, have to go. She must love Tarzan. I don't think she did. Well, she loves Coco. <laughs> she likes the real deal. Oh, um, fair enough. Fair but enough. I, it's where I get this obsession, I guess. But so Coco was a lowland gorilla who lived in California and learned American Sign Language. She learned sign language, and she became very famous because she could sign back and forth with her surrogate mother, animal psychologist Penny Patterson. And Penny was, like, like dedicated her whole life to Coco, loved Coco more than anything, and, like, they had this bond that was so beautiful, and there's all these videos of, like, them playing together, and it's literally like watching a toddler and a mother. Uh-huh. Like, talking back and forth, and Penny's like, you're not finished with your vegetables yet, and Coco signing, like, I am finished, like, Coco done, mm-hmm. and then Penny's like, Coco not done, and I'm, like, fully weeping, weeping at the beauty of humanity. I can't deal with it. Yeah. Um, and, oh, I, I can't. 
can't, I can't even talk about this. There's, so she loved, you probably know she loved kittens. Are we going to talk about Ball? We're not, it's All Ball, yes. <laughs> We're going to, just really, so she had this kitten named All Ball. That she named. She named. And, um, All Ball was, was tragically hit by a car. And Penny goes to tell Coco what happened. Mm-hmm. All Ball has been killed by a car. And Coco signed, um, bad, sad, Coco sad. And then she cried. Yeah. It's so sad. Like, she had the, bu- like, she's just, like, she could express, like, she had, like, an identity and awareness yeah. of the self. Like, she would look in a mirror and, like, be like, that's Coco, not like, oh, that's another gorilla. Yeah. Like, she had this awareness of the self. She had an awareness of relationship. She had an awareness of language as yeah. a concept. Um, Like, I read something that she was, they were doing things with other gorillas who were signing and Coco said good sign Mm -hmm. like she had an awareness of what language was yeah and a lot of people say that like oh like none of that's real she wasn't actually using language she was just mimicking back things to get rewards I say that's bullshit I am not a scientist I haven't looked into what constitutes language I don't care Uh uh-huh all you have to do is look into Coco's eyes and know that she is with us and the fact that she was able to say here, not here, to, to understand the message, all ball is dead, and respond with Coco An emotion. Sad. Yeah. yeah. And be emotional. Shows that she was understanding what that meant. Exactly. And, and it wasn't like she said, I'm emotional. She was physically emotional. Yeah. I don't, we're not talking about any of this today. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought maybe so, this had something to do with Coco the rest of this episode. Well, no. Today I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about something completely, like, forget all of this. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, all you need to know about this is that I love videos, that as an intro. <laughs> I love this. Videos of Coco is why this showed up on my YouTube recommendations. <laughs> I have to bring you through. This is a really chaotic <laughs> first ten minutes of the episode. I and know. I'm, and I'm thrilled with it. I know. So... I was watching videos of smart gorillas, and then this came up in my in my recommendations, and then I'm, and now we're gonna talk about it. I'm now so we're talk I'm about so this. sorry. Um, so we're I'm gonna even talk. More we're really gonna talk about Ilya Ivanov, a Soviet Union biologist and enthusiast of artificial insemination. <laughs> That's what we're gonna talk about today. Oh, all right, yeah. Let's so let's just dive in. I'm not even gonna give you a minute to be like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I really haven't wrapped my mind around this, uh, but just go, just go. Before I can even... Picture him, he looks very Freudian, big white beard, all Mm -hmm. that. Um, Born in the late 1800s in Russia, rose to prominence in the early 20th century as a biologist, as a professor of zoology, mostly because at the beginning of his career, he was all about artificially inseminating horses. Uh, Okay. That was really his jam. I feel like we were just talking about someone who was interested in breeding horses. Yes, it was the brother of John. Kellogg. Yes, John Harvey Kellogg's brother was like, you do this. I'm really breeding Arabian horses. That's really what I'm doing. That's my journey right now. <laughs> I just want to say this, just quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I, and you guys might feel, like, embarrassed for the things you're interested in. Like, you might feel like, oh, like, it's mm-hmm. weird that I'm so interested in, like, watching Coco the Gor- Gorilla yeah. videos. Or, like... What am I embarrassed of that I'm interested in? Everything. Yeah. Oh, um, the K-pop band BTS came out with a new album, and I was like, I want to watch that music video, but am I embarrassed that I'm, I want to see if they're good? Or like me, every six or seven months, you revisit your childhood Greek mythology phase. Exactly. 
this guy was like, I am all about inseminating horses, and he just ran with it. And he's like, I'm going all in on my dreams, mom. So don't, do not be embarrassed when you're back on a Greek mythology kick. Don't that's try all to, I'm saying. Don't try to make your passions my passions, dad. Yeah. Like, that's the end of it. And don't try to hide your passions from those you love, you know what I mean? Like, if well, this guy could, well, well, you, well, wait. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe sometimes you shouldn't do what... <laughs> You're Maybe passionate. sometimes you shouldn't do things. Oh, no. And that's, we're going to talk, I'll, I'm just going to keep going. And then <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get to why. All right. All I'm saying is if this guy can inseminate horses, you can watch a YouTube video we about might. Disney theme parks. You know what I mean? Right. But show restraint where appropriate. <laughs> I guess And I'll so. explain why. I guess so. So, so again, horses. He creates new and effective methods of artificial insemination, which aid horse breeders to... Have more horses. Thank God. I've been told that that's very helpful to some. I've been led to believe that's great. (laughs) But yes, a stallion, like, naturally can sire, like, 30 horses, and now a stallion can sire 500. Oh. Mares. Baby horses. Why don't we, we don't need another word for baby horses. Yeah. Does that have a word? Mares. I thought a mare was a lady horse. Oh, is that right? And then a stallion. Oh, yeah, you're right. A stallion is a gentleman horse. Right. I had thought. I think so. I think I was wrong. So then what's a baby horse? I'm going to, maybe it's just a baby horse. No, I mean, Google it. Google it. So fast. Is it a foal? A foal. That sounds great. Let's find out. Baby horse. What do you call a baby horse? Foal sounds right. A foal. Some people think a baby horse is called a pony. In fact, a baby horse is called a foal. There we go. What's a pony, then? <laughs> Let me go back to Google. No, I mean, <laughs> we only have so much time, but... What's, we can edit this out. This is just for our own What's edification a pony? now. A horse of a small breed. Okay. So a small horse is a pony. <laughs> You're my <laughs> pony. <laughs> I'm just a good... All right. All right, um, we'll cut all of that out. Yeah. We can't. We don't have the rights to <laughs> Ginny Wine's pony. Um, though I feel like if we invested in that, we would be able to use it on a lot of occasions. I'd find a way to get it into every episode. Yes, I would too. So, all right. Anyways, he's, he's doing his thing, inseminating horses, and everyone's like, great job. We love horses. Russia loves efficiency. Mm -hmm. Keep up the great work. And he says, I will. I will keep up the great work. Thank you so much for asking me to do that. I will not Um, stop inseminating horses, not even if you try to make He becomes more and more enthrushed in the world of animal biology, particularly artificial insemination, as I said. In fact, he is unfortunately vital to furthering the science of artificial insemination. That, it's not bad that that got furthered, but it is a little uncomfortable that he was involved, for reasons I will explain. Um... But he starts testing his work in different ways and also experimenting with the limits of artificial insemination. At this point, we don't fully understand why you can crossbreed some animals. Like, some animals can crossbreed and some can't, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily know the limits. We don't know that much about um, chromosomes and things like that. I'm, I'm getting more and more yep, nervous. Yep, me too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like now we have this thing, artificial insemination. Like, how far can we take this? That's a question that should make all of us uncomfortable, but, um, what's the word? Emboldened. It emboldened <laughs> Ilya to, uh... To in, find the line. Into his life's work. 
Um, I will now read an excerpt from uh, New Scientist magazine. Um, At the start of the 20th century, Ivanov was internationally acclaimed for his pioneering work in artificial insemination, and having perfected his methods, was keen to see how they could be applied. His first big project was aimed at improving Imperial Russia's bloodstock, using sperm from the best stallions. I think that's horses. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, like, finding all the best horse sperm. Great. Before long, he was pondering the possibilities of hybridization. With artificial insemination, he reckoned he might be able to create novel types of domestic animals by crossing closely related species. Okay. Soon he had produced a Z-donk, a zebra donkey, Mm -hmm. hybrid, a Zubron, which is a bison and a cow, and various combinations of rats, mice, guinea pigs, and rabbits. In 1910, he told a gathering of zoologists that it might even be possible to create hybrids between humans and their closest relatives. If you can do it with a mouse. So for some reason, I'm... I'm with him up to, like, the Z-donk. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, who yeah, cares? Yeah, you're like, all right. To me, an idiot. A zebra and a donkey are basically the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're totally stripes. identical. Like, do I care if they have a baby with stripy legs? I don't care. I don't care at all. Do whatever you want. <laughs> so, I was a little surprised by, like, the idea of, like, a guinea pig and a rabbit. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, those feel, like, pretty different. I can't believe that worked. But maybe they're not. But maybe they're not. And that... That, like, oh, wow, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> that worked. Again, that word of emboldened kind of comes back. <laughs> Ilya's like, wow, I can't believe that worked. And now is where we get ourselves into what I call the Jurassic Park conflict. Welcome to my park. Exactly. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yes. Um, he was so consumed <laughs> with the idea of whether or not he could that he never stopped to wonder if he should. The thing I wish all scientists would way, do. Yeah, I think most scientists should, should... That's why I think you talk about AI so much. Mm-hmm. But right now we're talking about AI, artificial insemination. All right, <laughs> let's get back on topic. Um, I didn't see that one coming. It wow. wasn't mine. I kept reading things about artificial insemination online, <laughs> like you do. And it was like, and then AI, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, that's something different to me. Um, so Sam, I'm assuming you know that chimpanzees and humans share 96% of the same DNA. I knew they shared you knew that. quite a bit, yes. yes. Um, also, I always knew that, because my mom would say that all the time in order to try to get us to go to the zoo with her more often. She's like, <laughs> you know that we sh- they share 96% of the same DNA with us. And I was like, yes. Um, I'm aware. But I didn't really believe that. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think, like, <laughs> I didn't think anyone was lying, but yeah. I was like, no, they look really different. Yeah. They can't talk. Like, that's not true. But they do. They really do. They have 96% of the same DNA, and that is fascinating. They're our closest relatives outside of our species, without a doubt. And one of my heroes, Jane Goodall, who, if you don't know who she is, please look her up. She was the first to make the discovery in 1960 that chimps can use and modify tools. Mm -hmm. And that was a trait before that we thought only was possible in humans. Mm -hmm. And so now we know, like, wow, they can use their brains to create and modify tools. Amazing. They're incredibly smart. And it's just, it's remarkable how close we are. And so this is when Ilya says, like, off in the distance, like, it is remarkable. Oh, no. It's remarkable. And then you look at him and you're like, Ilya, what are you thinking about right now? Are you going to go do something weird? And he's like, no, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just going to go back to my lab. (laughs) I'm just going to shuffle some papers around wildly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to my lab. I'm going to pervert (laughs) God's God's design. So I would like a cross stitch that says, I'm just going to go back to my lab and prefer God's design. Exactly. I would, I would hang that above my bed, I think. Exactly. Like, I'll be back 
once I have spat in the face of Christ, <laughs> yes. I will be back. Um, but so Russia's like strangely into it. They're like, go for it. Like, why not? Like, yeah. you just did the guinea pig and the rabbit. Like, I we don't see why not. <laughs> so Russia gives him like what in today's dollars would be like a million dollars. And he gets set up in this lab that's in France, um, like the Pasteur lab named after Louis Pasteur, I imagine. It's in Guinea in France. And he goes to Guinea to work with chimpanzees and animals on hybridization. And now people are like, okay, it's the Soviet Union, turn of the century, not Cold War yet, obviously, mm-hmm. but like, are the Soviets trying to create like a chimp man army of sorts that's concerning i'd say it sounds like a great movie in the 1970s yes for sure. but feels like those people should get their own planet yeah really it was in the name of science and uh freakiness mm-hmm. for Ilya. um so he goes to guinea and they have collected from africa um something like 13 i think it was like 13 chimpanzees or it might have been as many as 30. Like, they have all these chimpanzees. And he gets there, and none of them are mature enough to breed. Like, they're all young. Because uh-huh. the hunters would kill the parents and take the babies. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was like, this isn't helpful. <laughs> Please go get some larger ones. I will be back in a few years. But during, like, during that summer, he goes to Paris, and he starts doing other stuff with... How do I put this? So, he starts doing this, like, rejuvenation therapy... He says, which is when he takes slices of chimpanzee testicle Great. and puts it inside of testicles of rich aging men okay, to see if it will, like, reinvigorate their balls. Their balls. <laughs> I don't have here if that works or not. Sure I wasn't able to. I mean, it, to me, it seems pretty airtight. To me, it seems like a confidence <laughs> thing, right? It's like a sugar pill. Yeah, it's like, a placebo effect. Yeah, it's a placebo <laughs> effect. It's like now you have like orangutan balls and the guy's like, great. I feel great about that. So, <laughs> yeah. And then also he he transplants a woman's... You gotta stay with me, Sam. I'm so sorry. We have more to do. I'm just imagining like <laughs> the fanciest Frenchman like my balls. Yeah. Oh, that's an orangutan. Yeah. <laughs> And the woman's like, ooh la la. <laughs> oh my no! Um, I only need a lot of our French listenership there. <laughs> Get it um, together. I'm I don't so blame sorry. the French or the or the Russian people for any of this. I would like to make that clear. But yeah, so he's doing that. He's also implanting human ovaries into a chimp and inseminating her with human sperm. Again, didn't work out. Okay, but it, he's he's doing that. He's seeing if it'll if it'll take. That alone is concerning to me. Yeah. Um. So then he goes back to Guinea. He gets. He, there's a bunch of um mature breedable chimpanzees, and he inseminates three female chimpanzees with human male sperm. Um. None of them results in a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Because now we know science says yes. no. You can't, they have, there's a different number of, I'm not going to give you a scientific reason because I don't really know. There's a different number of chromosomes and also like one's a gorilla and one's a human. So like, I don't know why we need more of an answer than that, but like, it's fine. Let's not breed them. Um, let's not do that. Uh, mostly because honestly, this is the thing is like mostly because they can't 
consent to it. And I swear to God that that is true. Like, if you could, and if gorillas were, like, sentient in the way that we are, I am one of those people who would be like, like, when, like, horrible Republicans are like, oh, like, gay marriage, what's next? Like, me marrying my dog? And I'm mm-hmm. like, if your dog could, like, be like, yeah, I'll marry you. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit what you do with your dick as long as it's allowed. Yeah. I've n- I'm never gonna care. I don't care how far anyone takes that. I don't care how many parties get involved. I'm never gonna care what you do sexually or romantically with anyone as long as it's allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, allowed in the ways we all agree to. Yeah. Um, so that maybe, maybe other people disagree, but I just don't care. But these are just like poor chimpanzees pulled from the wild. This yeah. is not right. Whose parents get murdered. And exactly. Then... Who wants that? Um, so obviously this doesn't work out. And he's like, all right, back to the drawing board. Well, at the drawing board, he thinks, well, I've done the whole inseminate female chimpanzees with male human sperm. So what's next, Sam? Going back to Russia. Right. <laughs> buying a small farm and just living out your days peacefully. Washing your face in cold water. Yeah. Saying it's okay <laughs> that I've made mistakes and yeah. I can I can be a new man today. Yeah. No. The natural next step is <laughs> let's flip it. Let's flip it around the other way. Let's inseminate a human woman with male orangutans is what he was working with with male orangutan sperm and he puts out an ad in the paper i assume i think he did put out an ad in the paper he puts out some kind of ad yeah i think specifically with women who are incarcerated Mm -hmm. um trying to find soviet women who will how do i put this like who are willing to be inseminated and possibly impregnated with a half human half half ape child and he gets five women. He gets five people who are like, yeah, sure. Let's party. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, let's rock and roll. Oh, God. Um, and so then he, I think at this point, oh, I totally forgot. At first, he was going to use, like, women in Guinea, French women. But he was like, I don't think French women are going to go for this. So he goes to, like, doctors and is like, what if you tell these women I'm giving them an examination, Mm -hmm. but I just inseminate them without their knowledge. No. And the doctor says, um, let me think about it. I think he actually says, like, yeah, sure, women aren't people. (laughs) Somehow the French government, like, gets the lowdown that he's putting orangutan sperm into human women. I'm not quite sure how they thought anything else would happen. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, I don't believe that they were kind of like, you don't think you, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, I... I think they probably knew, but I think at this point they're just like, no, you gotta leave. Like, you, this isn't... It's not he goes back out. to Russia. He goes to Abkhazia. I think that's a Soviet republic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's in Russia, but I think it's somewhere near, like, Georgia. Yeah. Um, But he is back in the Soviet Union, and he's in, like, a subtropical area of the Soviet Union, and he finds five Soviet women who are willing to do this. They're like, okay, um, I don't know how much coercion or money or whatever. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. But five women, in theory, volunteered, and they're moving the apes from Guinea to Abkhazia, and most of them die in transit. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. It's their first problem. And there's, um, like, only a couple left when they get there, and then they're not healthy, and then all they have left is one adult male who his name was Tarzan. He's 26 years old. 26 years old orangutan. His name is Tarzan? Yes. Yes. Um, 
And they're like gearing up. They're like, all right, let's do this. I don't know what the plan was, but they were like, let's, let's jerk off this one. I, I guess. guess. Um, and right before that, I'm going to say that God intervened. Yeah. Because Tarzan died of a brain hemorrhage. Oh, well, good for him in a way. Which, like, that's sad, but also, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> that nothing was able to go further than that. Um, so, so that all happened. Ilya's obviously a little bummed out. Wouldn't you be? I mean, if you were in his shoes, right? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, it's an affront to God, but it, <laughs> it's his life's work, so you get it. Well. Um... So, I think at this point, um, the Soviet Union is becoming increasingly hostile towards certain scientists, and he is exiled for his work for five years, um, and then he dies, like, two years into that. So... Phew. (laughs) So, no one was able to... No one in his team was able to bring that all the way around. I'm thrilled. I'm also thrilled. But, so, that's really... Where the human Z starts and stops, there are some other claims, rumors, things going on. In the 80s, there was something happening in China where somebody thought that a chimpanzee female had been impregnated with human sperm, but that ended up not being true, Mm -hmm. or, like, maybe it was true, but it was, like, a cover-up. Like, who knows, right? Um, there was a performing chimp in the 70s named Oliver, who everyone says was a human-chimp hybrid, but it was probably just a chimp who was standing up on his hind legs. Like, yeah. They're like, yeah, he was, like, kind of strange looking. He had, like, ears that looked like a person. I don't think it was a, I think it was no, just a it was chimp. just a little bit of a weird chimp. It was weird, it's just a weird chimp. <laughs> All of us. We're all just weird chimps yeah, out frankly, there. Yeah, frankly, if that isn't just humanity. This is the only one that made me feel a little bit like, yikes. So this is literally copy and paste from Wikipedia because I was like, I'm not strong enough and we don't have the time for me to like really Get substantiate any of this, but I'm just going to read this and like let you guys make of it what you will. In 2019, unconfirmed reports surfaced that a team of researchers led by Professor Juan Carlos Carlos Ipsusia Belmonte from the Salk Institute of Biological Studies in the U.S. successfully produced the first human monkey chimeras. So chimeras, I guess, is another, it feels like more like mythological word yeah, it or does. hybrid. Um, Belmonte and the others had previously produced pig and sheep embryos containing a small percentage of human cells. As with those embryos, the human monkey chimeras were reportedly only allowed to develop for a few weeks. Meaning, like, they made the choice to stop it Mm -hmm. or, like, terminate it. As with those embryos, the human monkey... No, 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 I'm repeating it. Although development was stopped prior to the formation of a nervous system or organs, avoiding more severe ethical concerns, the research was reportedly carried out in China to avoid legal issues. Due to much larger evolutionary distance between humans and monkeys versus humans and chimpanzees, it is considered unlikely that true human-monkey hybrids could be brought to term. However, it is feasible that human-compatible organs for transplantation could be grown in these chimeras. Our hybrids. Yeah, it's spooky. So what I'm hearing is... Ilya's dream lives again? <laughs> and and, and therefore maybe, my nightmare. Like, I'm getting all... So here's where maybe I get a little controversial. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna... <laughs> so I'm not saying what's the big deal. Yes. But Sam, like, what is the big, I know it is a big deal, but I actually, I can't, 
I know it's a big deal. Obviously, it's a big deal. It's ethically wrong, obviously. But it's like, I say obviously, but I I don't know. Like, I can't explain why. But I know it is. For it sure, is. it's not... It's no good. ...ethical. But why? But... I mean, I guess... I mean, it's a bigger question in the scientific community, like... Like, there is actually a cut up, kind of like a cutoff date where when you're observing or testing embryos, like, you have to terminate them at a certain right. week or else, like, you're breaking the law. Um, right. And I, I wish I remembered that week, like, off the top of That's my head. That's kind of interesting, too. Yeah, it really, I read an interesting article about it, like, a couple years ago because they had, like, the scientific community had expanded how long that could be by, like, maybe one week or something. So we were getting the first ever images of, like, uh, like a zygote developing to that stage of right. life that had ever, ever existed because right. we had not been allowed to like test on embryos that were alive for that extra week ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really interesting article that maybe I'll try to find and tweet out, cause, but it was a couple years ago and I don't remember enough <laughs> yeah. stuff. But so it's just like, it's just like testing on anything that's going to be alive and have like independent thought is problematic because it doesn't, it's not asking to be born. So, like, if it... But, like, I didn't ask to be born. No, but they were pretty confident that you would turn out a human. That's true. <laughs> Boy, were they wrong. <laughs> and then, like, my skin falls off and a monster comes out. Yeah, fair. That's fair. That makes sense. So, to me... To that's me, good enough. To me, that's what I think about. Okay. Is that, like, if, if you could somehow, like, give birth to a sheep baby... And then, like, it has to deal with being the first sheep baby and it's got all this stuff going on. Like, that's not ethical. You shouldn't have done that. Right. Fair. I think. That's fair. I think. <sighs> then again, maybe that sheep baby would live a great life. I, we can't know. Yeah, I was too much, like, yikes to even think about the ethical implications of it. So now I'm just kind of thinking, like, well, why is it wrong? But it is. For but sure. it is. And now I sound like Ilya. Like, he's like, no, 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 no. That would be, no, that would be weird. That would I be... wouldn't do that. But if I did, how would I go Wouldn't it be it? crazy if I did that? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But wouldn't, you know, like, it'd be like a, you know. What if we experimented? Like a fate of humanity. Of, no, I won't, I'm not going to do it, though. I'm not going to do it. What if we experimented on, with hybrids in the moonlight? JK, unless. Unless. JK, unless. Yeah, honestly. Wow. <laughs> God, covered a lot of ground. Um, I feel so grateful that Tarzan died. I'm so grateful that I do that's too. Where I that felt like it was ended. a sweet really I felt like God was like, come on up. Like it's <laughs> over. I'm not I we gotta stop this. Like we, we gotta go we can't be doing this right now. We really can't be. Wow. Um, well thank you thank you and no thank you, Alison. Yes, you're welcome. A pleasure, really. <laughs> <laughs> um now I'm I'm so excited for you to tell me why Paul McCartney is dead. He absolutely is. Yay. And here we go. I'm no, so excited. He's probably not. Um so you guys, I both love and hate conspiracy theories. Like I love them because they can be so fun and rabbit holy, like with what you were just talking about. <laughs> like you could probably Google all day about like and there is a, a chimp hybrid and his name yeah. is Greg. Like That'd be so fun. Like, they said that they stopped the embryos, but they didn't. And now it's the prime minister of Germany. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? yeah. So, like, I love all that. I hate it because I think it can be used to promote a feeling of, like, the establishment is lying to us. Yeah. Which I think can have negative consequences. So, to talk about why I'm doing this this week, uh, like you did, Al. So, I was maybe going to talk about flat earth conspiracy theories this week. Love it. Um, but especially when it comes to sciencey conspiracy theories, I have a lot of these complicated feelings. Um, because, like, th- at, at the end of it, flat earth, the question is, like, why do people, like, why 
is the government telling us the Earth is round if you really think it's flat? And Flat Earther's answer is that NASA is fake and wants to keep all of its money. So in order to, like, do that, it has to promote that the Earth is round when it's really not. And then, like, that creates a distrust in, like, a scientific organization that's telling the truth that I think can be negative and dangerous. So I was feeling all these complicated feelings. I was like, I don't want to dive in there this week. So then I googled conspiracy theories, because that's just a good way to start. Always a good way to start. A good way to start your day. And I came across Paul is Dead. And I had heard a little bit about this, and I'm, I'm sure you've yeah. heard, like, a little bit about it as well. You're like, wow, that's the lowball shit I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. I was like, this feels low stakes. Let's go. So let's dive deep. Paul is Dead is an urban legend and conspiracy theory alleging that Paul McCartney of the Beatles died on November 9th, 1966, and was secretly replaced by a lookalike who has been performing as Paul McCartney ever since. Um, my initial reaction is, what? <laughs> and, uh, why? And... I don't think so. And where were they Where were they found? <laughs> I know. Another one. New Paul. But let's just ride this crazy train into the station. So, um, these rumors kind of began in 1967. There was a rumor swirling in London that Paul McCartney had been killed in a traffic accident while driving along the M1 motorway on January 7th. And then that rumor got enough traction that Paul McCartney himself had to, like, say on a radio interview, like, yeah, and people are saying I'm dead, like, I'm not... Isn't, isn't stardom wild. Or did he? <laughs> exactly. Or did he say that? Exactly. Who knows? Um, and so, uh, and this was all around the time of the release of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, um, which I will come back to, but that album and like the artwork for that album has a lot of like weird stuff in it that people then later related oh, back like to symbols? Paul being dead. Great. Yeah. Um, and also around this time, the Beatles were getting really into backmasking, which is a recording technique in which a sound or message is recorded backwards onto a track that is meant to be played forward. So if you're just listening to it one direct, like the normal way, right. it doesn't really sound like anything. But if you play it backwards, you reveal a secret message. Yes, that was the in Spy Kids. Yes. Right? <laughs> this is also bringing up like the thing. <laughs> Hope I is feel... a madman. Help us save exactly. us. Exactly. This is also making me feel like, and I feel really bad, um, I love Chris so much, my partner, <laughs> beautiful music historian, journalist. A nice man. But I'm sure he's told me, like, most of this. And, like, clearly the whole time I was just like, uh-huh, cool. Like, I'm sure we've talked about this at length, but I don't remember it at all. Well, now you can pretend like you knew the whole yeah. time. <laughs> um, so something important to talk about when we talk about backmasking is that backmasking is a deliberate process, right? But just playing a song backwards can reveal sounds that might sound like they say something, but it's really unintentional. Or, Sam, sometimes it's um the devil. Or it's the devil right. in your music, absolutely. Yeah. Especially rock and roll. Especially. Oh, it's almost exclusively rock and yeah. roll. <laughs> so, we've got the most famous band in the world releasing one of their biggest albums ever, and they're putting secret messages in their songs. Who do you think is going to have the time and the inclination to search through them? If you're guessing high college-age nerds, you're right. Yes. <laughs> so on September 17th, 1969, Tim Harper, who is the editor at the Drake's Times Delphic, which is a student newspaper for Drake University in Iowa, published an article called, Is Beatle Paul McCartney Dead? <laughs> and the article addressed the rumor being circulated on campus that was citing clues from recent Beatles albums, including a message 
that was it was revolution number nine played backwards they said you could hear him saying turn me on dead man the dead man being paul mccartney right um and it was also referencing the back cover of sergeant pepper where every beetle except for paul mccartney is photographed facing the viewer and mccartney is like behind like it's his back and they were like it's because he's dead why would they (laughs) why would they project all of this yeah if it was a cover-up yeah, that's the that's a big question. That, uh, or is it like the Zodiac killer writing in a newspaper? Yeah, like he wants to be caught. He wants them yeah. to know. Um, and like apparently on Magical Mystery Tour, one band member is in a different colored suit from the other three, and it's not clear which band member it is. But everyone was like, it's obviously Paul because he's dead. That must be why. Um, and so Tim Harper was actually the first person to ever publish the Paul is Dead theory. Um, which wow. has since grown to be massive. And he later talked about why he published the article, saying it had become the subject of discussion among the students at the start of the new academic year. And he added, A lot of us, because of Vietnam and the so-called establishment, were ready, willing, and able to believe just about any sort of conspiracy. That's fair enough. Yeah, like at the beginning of the academic year when they were all blazed <laughs> out of their minds. They're like, do you know what would be crazy? <laughs> yeah. And they're all like, we might be drafted into the Vietnam War. So yeah. like... I think Paul McCartney's dead. Maybe Tim was just trying to kick up some shit. So when the <laughs> army came and was like, you have to go to Vietnam, he was like, I'm working on cracking something. <laughs> yeah. It's I like, have, I have a scoop. It's bigger than me, bigger than you, yeah. bigger than the army. Um, but see, so like, this is exactly what I was talking about, right? This conspiracy was able to blow up because there was this big anti-establishment, anti-government feeling, which can be good and even can be right, mm-hmm. but can also be bad. And damaging when we think things like NASA's lying to us about the shape of the world. Uh, anyway. <laughs> if it's telling you that science is wrong, um, back away. A per- a proceed with caution. Yes. Um, so the story then moves on to college radio and then kind of the mainstream radio scene. Um, and a really notable example of this is October 12th, 1969, where Detroit, D- Detroit, where Detroit disc jockey Russ Gibb of WKNRFM received a bizarre late-night phone call from a listener. Love that. And the guy told him that if he played a bunch of tracks on the Beatles' White Album backwards, he'd hear a lot of interesting stuff. So Gibb is literally like, fuck it. And for the next several hours on the radio, plays the White Album backwards (laughs) to try to hear these secret messages that are supposed to exist. I feel like this guy was maybe like, did you say that he was famous, this disc jockey? Yeah, he's pretty well known. Oh, I, I like more the idea that it was, like, late at night, and they let, like, the guy who's, like, just, like, the intern who's been sweeping the floors, like, oh, hey, like, Derek, like, you take the take yeah. the airwaves tonight. And they're, like, <laughs> the next morning they're, like, we give you <laughs> three hours. The smallest amount of rope. <laughs> and this is what you've you done. You shredded our copy of the White Album yeah. by playing it backwards. Um, so Gibbs is saying that at the end of I'm So Tired... He can now make out John Lennon bemoaning, Paul is dead, man. Miss him, miss him, miss him. Um, and that, um, the, oh, so this is also what he said. So they said that when, uh, at the end of Revolution number nine, he goes like, number nine, number nine. It's very weird. Whoa. And that's where they say, if you play it backwards, you can hear, turn me on, dead man. Um, specifically there. Um... And so Gibb is like, I'm onto something. He starts digging deeper 
and he's f like looking into um like EPs that were released three years before and he's like Paul was dead even then and so he begins enlightening everybody about the great cover-up and it spreads beyond Detroit to like a ton of radio stations the news is picking us up it like really really blows up um, and within weeks, sale of new and old Beatles albums soar because distraught fans are like buying them in memory of Paul, who is alive. And, <laughs> and people who are just curious about it are like, fuck it, I'll buy the white album and play it backwards. We'll just see what the fuck comes up. Like, yeah. who knows? And so um, every, all, like all their albums like re-entered the top 200 charts because of this conspiracy theory. That's wild. Because everyone's like, well, we got to play it backwards. Yeah. And so as all this is happening, the Beatles are actually not in a good place as a band. Um, McCartney was feeling really isolated from his bandmates in opposition to their choice of business manager, Alan Klein. And he was distraught at Lennon's private announcement that he was going to leave the group. And then he, his wife gave birth to his daughter, Mary. And Paul McCartney was like, I'm honestly just going to bounce for a minute. So Paul and his wife, Linda, and their daughters travel to Scotland, and they just kind of, like, retract themselves from the public eye for a while. It was a highly creative time for Paul McCartney, though. Yeah. And so... Yeah, um, they, had, they had a beautiful life together. They really did. And they loved each other so much, and then Linda died. I know. Or was Paul dead the, the whole, whole time? time. Um, and so, but the fact that he retreats to Scotland does nothing to quell these rumors oh. that he's really dead. So what is the full Paul is dead theory? Yeah, what are they saying happened? Here it is. All right. As the story glow goes, on the evening, uh, on an evening in November 1966, probably the 8th, a stupid bloody Tuesday, as was mentioned in I Am the Walrus. Just because it was a Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's another. Okay, okay. So an argument takes place between Paul McCartney and the other Beatles at Abbey Road Studios. A livid Paul McCartney storms out of the building, hops in his Aston Martin, and speeds off into the night. And in his anger, he fails to notice a traffic light change, and he spins out of control, smashing into a light pole at full speed and decapitating himself. In other words, and in the words of the song A Day in the Life, he blew his mind out in a car. <laughs> they don't think that means, like, hotboxing a car? No, they think it means he got decapitated in a horrible crash. All right. Um, he was later officially pronounced dead, which is why Paul is wearing an OPD badge on the cover of Sgt. Pepper. Um, it actually does not say OPD. It says OPP, and it's like the Ontario Police something. Uh, but everyone was like, OPD, officially pronounced dead. Is that obviously. even a term? Is that a term? I don't know. Um, in the early hours of Wednesday the 9th. Mm. Number 9. <laughs> Number 9. Um, McCartney is then carried in secret to the morgue and faced with the prospect of losing revenue due to the untimely death of the cutest member of the band, the three surviving Beatles hire one William Campbell, also known as William Shears Campbell or Billy Shears, the fictional leader of the fictional Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. So that's why they named that character Billy Shears, because Billy Shears was pretending to be Paul McCartney. Why would they release the name... <laughs> I don't know. Of the man who's conning the global public. I don't know. Apparently, they said that um, William Campbell had won a Paul McCartney lookalike contest. So then the Beatles reached out to him and they were like, would you like to adopt the persona of Paul McCartney going forward? And the clues became uh, the Beatles' way of subtly and gently breaking the tragic news to their fans. And supposedly... The entire crash scenario is supposed to be played out in full if you play Revolution Number no. 9 backwards. 
Another big thing that people say proves all of this is the cover to Abbey Road, the very, very famous cover where the four Beatles are walking across the street, right? Everyone can, you can kind of summon the image in your mind. It's in a couple places in my house. Yeah. We're in our office and podcasting studio, which also houses all of Chris's guitars. And there's like a Beatle poster, Beatle poster, a Beatles poster staring at us. <laughs> One Beatle. Yeah. Um, so in it, it's kind of, the, the poster is John Lennon and he's dressed all in white. And that symbolizes a heavenly figure. And then it's Ringo Starr and he's dressed all in black because he symbolizes the undertaker. And then is Paul McCartney, third in line. He's the only one who's barefoot and he's slightly out of step with everyone else. Dead. Because he's dead. And right. then it's George Harrison all in denim. He's the grave digger. Poor George Harrison is doing the dirty work. Even in the conspiracy, Paul is dead. The idea <laughs> that anyone would be digging the grave but Ringo <laughs> negates all of this. I know, I know. And there's also, there's a white Volkswagen Beagle in the photo. And it says, it contains the characters, like the license plate is LMW28IF. And that's also evidence because 28 IF, if he was alive, he would be 28. 28 if he hadn't died, <laughs> but he did die. Wow, so and he is dead. I and mean, then, <laughs> I'm getting, ho- I'm pull- I'm being pulled in. And then LMW could either stand, pick your poison for Linda McCartney weeps or Linda McCartney comma widow. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Of course it does. Um, and they, everyone says that um, McCartney's holding a cigarette in his right hand and apparently, like, he was famously left-handed. So they're like, it's an imposter. And they're recreating his funeral with the imposter. Right. Who has since stepped in to become Paul. Paul um, didn't really comment on that at first. Like, he was just kind of like, no, I'm alive. But he just kind of let it be. John did comment shortly after the story broke on the same Detroit radio station. He called in and he said... It's the most stupid rumor I've ever heard. It sounds like the same guy who blew up at my Christ remark. Um, He said, I don't know what Beatles records sound like backwards. I have never played them backwards. (laughs) Um, And then he said about the cover of Abbey Road, um, they said I was wearing a white religious suit. I mean, did Humphrey Bogart wear a white religious suit? All I've got is a nice Humphrey Bogart suit. He was furious. It's hilarious. Like, nobody's paying attention to all of my... (laughs) Other stuff that's happening for me. Yeah, he was, like, just coming out with a bunch of albums with Yoko, and everyone was like, so is Paul dead? And, and they John... were all mostly bad. And John Lennon was like, come on! Um, so the rumor died down eventually, but it's actually been referenced by Beatles, the Beatles themselves many times. My favorite two are one of Paul's albums. It's called Paul, Mac- Paul McCartney is Live, and it's all of his, <laughs> like, funny. live tracks. And then John Lennon wrote a diss track called How Do You Sleep? And he sings uh, one of the lyrics, Those freaks were right when they said you were dead. <laughs> They were, he wrote a diss track? Yeah, about, <laughs> about Paul McCartney. Is he Tupac? Like, yeah. when did that happen? This is the original Tupac and Biggie, wow. for sure. Um, and perhaps, like, even more interesting than the Beatles' thoughts on this rumor is its cultural legacy, right? So during the 1970s, this phenomenon became the topic of academic study in, like, American sociology, psychology, and communication. Um, people recognized it as, like, People reading onto the situation the archetypal myth wherein the beautiful youth dies and is resurrected as a god. Like, Mm -hmm. sociologists were studying that. Psychologist Ralph Rosno and Gary Fine attributed attributed its popularity partly to the shared vicarious experience of searching for clues without consequence for the participants. So, like, just the excitement of being caught up in a conspiracy. 
Um, and they also said that for the generation distrustful of the media following the Warren Commission's report, it was able to thrive amid a climate informed by, like, the credibility gap of Lyndon Johnson's presidency, the widely circulated rumors about Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy assassinations, and the, leading, the attacks on the leading media sources by Yippies and Spiro Agnew. So basically, it was just a time that was, like, ripe for these weird right. conspiracies to become giant. Um, which, like, again, makes me think about today. Like, it's now also a time where we're distrustful of the media. Yeah. And we're distrustful of the government. And it's easy to believe that maybe the earth is flat and NASA's just taking your money. But it, I promise you it's round. Yeah. It's gotta be round. If you've taken anything from this podcast about Paul McCartney, please know that the earth is round. Um, and also, poor Paul. That must have been really awkward for him. I would have made it more, I would have had more fun with it. <laughs> I think. Like, go to people and be like, hi, I'm Bill. Oh, fuck. I mean Damn Paul. It. Damn it. I mean Paul. Paul Obviously, I'm Paul. McCartney, of course. Wink. Um, but yeah, so that's the Paul is dead theory and why people think he might be dead. And it's it, it does seem like kind of a rite of passage if you get super into the Beatles, you go down a little bit of a Paul McCartney is dead. And you make your own choices about whether or not he's alive. But if he is dead, then William Shears... Campbell, whatever his name is, is the guy who wrote Blackbird and Hey Jude. So he should have been in he's the He's as good as Paul McCartney. Yeah, he's arguably better than Paul McCartney. Um, yeah, I think also it kind of makes me think about how the human brain loves yeah. conspiracy theory because the human brain is always trying to take something, no matter how wrong it is, and shove it into the little peg of truth yeah like, it could be right yeah and like once your brain gets enough to tip the scales of like no i think it's that like nothing can tell it otherwise mm -hmm. and it does make me think just about like yeah that's this sounds like the dawn of fake news yeah which is truly the greatest threat to um our world <laughs> maybe other yeah. than climate change yeah those two. climate change and the the absence of trust in fact yeah i think um, I think. I think it's those I two. I think you're right. I can't think of anything worse than that. Yeah. Right? Because if, if there's no, nowhere we can all go and say this is true. What do you build the foundation happens? of your life? Yeah. Yeah. This happens. Right. Yeah. You insist Paul McCartney is dead. Wow. Wow. Do you think he's dead? I bet he's alive. <laughs> I would love it if he was dead, but he actually died in like the 90s and they were like, Mm -hmm. What if we just go through with this? People have been saying Paul's dead for years. Right. Let's just make it real. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, no, I think he's probably alive. And I hope he's well. I hope he's well, too. Yeah. And yeah. I hope you guys are well. And alive. And alive. <laughs> I mean. And not a human-chimp hybrid. Oh, do you think people who are dead can listen to our podcast? Yes. So you believe in God and heaven, then? If they want to, I think yes. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> No, I know. Yeah, no, I know. No, no, no. I'm gonna. What I'm gonna say right now is that you have not yet finished season four of The Good Place, and I finished it two weekends ago, and I cried my eyes out. I sobbed out loud. So I cannot have a conversation with the afterlife about you, about you, with you, until you without finish, spoilers. Until you finish that program, have you finally embraced Christ into your heart? Yes. Really? No. God, no. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 it's it's over. God, no. Um, okay, I, was, well. <laughs> I was born unbaptized and I'll die unbaptized. That's fair enough. All right, I think we. there's no better way to send us out. Um, you know, 
have a blessed week. <laughs> Absolutely. Or spit in the face of God. The choice is consistently yours. Mm-hmm. But until we see you next week, stay horrified. Stay horrified. <laughs>